0: And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And we have spent this amazing, quick hour talking about the topic that nobody wants to talk about, and that is end of life. And Daphne Davis from Pinnacle Senior Placements, you have been such an amazing resource for us. And, you know, I know that so many of us sadly have lost loved ones um, through this pandemic. Um, hitting half a million deaths in this country is just more than World War One, World War Two, and I, and the Vietnam War combined. It's it's heartbreaking and it's hard, but I think it's mostly hard on the families that are left behind. And certainly, you know, when you were talking about in our previous segment about your mother-in-law Margaret being the matriarch of the family, um, there's family dynamics that go on, and when someone passes away, um, everything shifts, and I would love to spend this final hour on helping families instead of being at division, um, helping to unify that conversation and, you know, what goes on. So would you share with us a little bit of your thoughts of when that happens? You know, how can families come together, I guess is my question. The, The most important
1: piece is everyone has a different role in the family. And everyone has different perspectives mm-hmm. and they're all valid and they're all true. Mm-hmm. It just depends upon this perspective that you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And so as um, the dynamics of your family unfold and each family is going to be different mm-hmm. um, around the death process and then someone actually dying, be sure to honor wherever someone's at because there, there isn't any wrongness. Um, it's just different perhaps from yours. As the listener Mm -hmm. and so try hard when you are in the listening role to honor wherever that person is at. And that will alleviate a lot of dissension if that's a potential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, In our story with Margaret, she has three children and they have always lived in different parts of the country uh, since probably about 1980, 1977, someplace around there. And all three kids are very, very independent, uh, very much like their parents. And But yet at the same time, they had a good connection of communication when needed. Mm-hmm. But there is still the opportunities to have miscommunication true, or to interject our value system onto someone else. Let me just say that again. You interject your value system onto someone else. Mm-hmm. Yep. And none of us have the right to do that. And so to avoid those types of um, uncomfortable, charged, maybe even angry conversations, just keep in your heart that everybody has the right to their own perspective, their own opinions, their own value system. And I think that will help a lot.
0: Well, and I think, too, what you're saying, too, is the fact that it's in such an emotional time and everybody is going to be higher charged um especially if it's the matriarch of the family because you're going to be dealing with you know all kinds of things that the world revolved around Margaret or mom or dad or whoever that is and um you know you the torch is going to be passed to the next generation to the next you know person that's going to pick that up and there's dynamics around that whole piece of how do you best you know, function now because everybody has to, again, find a new place in the family, correct? (laughs) That's exactly right. My mom, um, her family is uh, nine
1: children. Both Mm -hmm. of my grandparents have passed away, and I'm only three years younger than the youngest child. So I was more like the tenth kid than the first grandchild. Uh, And I was thinking a lot, how are we going to keep our cohesiveness? Grandpa and grandma are gone. You know, are we still going to get together? Are we still going to have our traditions? And that was just one of the thoughts that I, I had. And that will probably happen when both parents are gone in every family. Mm-hmm. Because it is passing the torch. Embrace those conversations again. Have humor around them. I mean, who's going to make the lefse now? Mom's gone. She always made the lefse. Who's picking it up? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Did somebody remember to, to, to uh, collect? dad's favorite popular mechanics and you know
0: look through them and read his little notes of the best ways to do whatever he did. Very true and not to mention not to mention it's like well you know you make this better than I make this better than mom did and it's like yeah but I like the way mom made this made the less the better and so then there's this (laughs) dynamic of you know so many things that happen and and I think too sometimes we we tend to ignore our own pain and our own um, grief, you know, and then we tend to either lash out or we try to fix other people and not take care of ourselves too. And that's the other side of it as well. Yes,
1: absolutely. There's just so many things. We could talk about this subject for a long, long time. Right. Uh, Now another big, I mean, sometimes I'd like to say, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, if, if the, The potatoes for the left that have salt in them or not, that's the small stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, let's get past that. But there are bigger things that come to pass as someone has died. And one is ever the medical advance directive person, the medical power of attorney. Right. Once someone passes away, your, your title is done. Right you have no one to advocate for and that was your job and now most often i'm saying this very simplistically and there can be you know variables in how paperwork is written but simplistically your job is done and now the executor of the will comes into being right and now there's a whole new set
0: of value systems and that's through the will and the other thing, in much in in most financial planners that I know, say that the executor should not be a family member, because mm-hmm. what happens is is what I've heard that had uh, is that whoever becomes a, the executor in a family, what en- ends up happening is that they get again, well, I want this, I want that, and then they end up getting the short end of the stick to make everybody happy, where an executor is not an not an heir. You know, they're, they're somebody that just takes things. Sometimes they get paid a fee to do it, mostly often they do, and they will handle the process of an estate, and that is an entirely different conversation, um, and so again, understanding that that is a, that is a handoff process that Likely, if your parents or, or you know your loved ones have set something up like that, that is a likely scenario.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and everybody is going to be different, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a conversation to have with an attorney sure. um, that they know the best way of of, of working with your family estate. Right. Um, but what's really important is at that time give give some support to that executor in terms of extra grace. Mm-hmm. Let them learn their job. You know, if they're not a professional, if they're not your attorney, that is the executor. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, just give a little extra grace to work through that. There are so many financial details, right. so many financial details right. that you don't even you're not even aware of. Like, how many um, death certified death certificates should I have?
0: Sure.
1: And I was like, when my dad passed away, I was like, you need more than one. I I didn't have any reference to know that. All the companies all the have to have yeah. one,
0: your insurance, all of yeah.
1: them. yeah. They're going to need to have a certified death mm-hmm. certificate.
0: I know. Well, also extra expenses when somebody passes away. I know my mom had prepaid her cremation, but they said when she actually died in King County. So when um the cremation company called me and said, well, she died in King County and they have a what's called a permission to cremate tax that I had to actually pay extra that we didn't plan on because we were in Snohomish County but they don't have that. So again, <laughs> be prepared to be a little bit surprised about certain things that will come up um upon the death and figure out as a family it's like who's going to take those calls, who's going to make the decisions on on, you know, scenarios that that could arise on, you know, but also work with the executor, realizing that the executor is doing their job and your loved one has entrusted them to do that. And I think that's one of the things that's so vitally important. Um, And the other thing is it takes time based on, you know, if somebody has a will, it could go to probate for years i heard, you know, yeah. depending on, <laughs> you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. or you you know, there's different types of mechanisms like living trusts or, you know, trusts that uh, a family trust that may pass to beneficiary, different things like that. But those are things to talk to a attorney about and what is most important. And, and again, you guys can, can help in that yeah, yeah. process. So tell us yep. a little bit again. So Pinnacle is there. Let's say at the end of someone's life, how do you help? So somebody calls
1: me, and let's say someone's living at an assisted living. Mm-hmm. You know, place them at an assisted living community. They can call me, and they can say, this is what's happening with my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a high enough level of care at this assisted living. Mm-hmm. What I can do, what Pinnacle can do, is advocate for you to the director of nursing right. and kind of talk Language to language, professional to professional. Right. And um, you get to talk to me, the family member, as a family member. And then it's my job to be able to say, can you meet these needs? Right. Sometimes we have to make a change um, in where people live. Sometimes we don't. If you're at an adult family home, oh, my goodness, in my opinion, you have a doula right there with you all the time, and the the hands-on caregiver on the provider. Um, that's another situation, though, that Pinnacle can help you in reaching out to different hospice companies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you haven't had a burial burial, um, part of things wrapped up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we can certainly help you in knowing who to call to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, now this is not going to surprise anyone. Margaret had everything organized. She was ha, Of course she did. Right she down to, yeah, last month we got in the mail a, a form that we had designed for the state of Colorado that said we were fine with having Margaret um mated And so it was sent to all of us and it was taken care of. Wow. Now Margaret is everything. Oh, <laughs> so, Jassy. How do we reach you? So the best way to reach me is 855-734-1500, or you can also reach us at PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. And um, we have a team of six now that are able to be able to help you. You will always at some
0: point talk to me, but then I have someone else. You're going to get two for one now. We have another person that will probably help you. That's awesome. And, you know, for each and every one of you, we are so honored to have you spend this hour with us to have this conversation and certainly also to have it from our favorite guest in the world sometimes on, on these kinds of topics, and that's our wonderful Daphne Davis. So, And there's lots of things to come this year with Answers for Elders Radio, and you guys are going to be hearing about it very soon. And Daphne is going to be very much a part of that. And so we are looking forward to maybe doing some more um, interaction with our listeners that we can help you through the process. So until next week, everyone, just know stay safe, mask up, and be good to each other. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed.